Welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. How, how does your faith kind of play into it or does it play into it? What can be done about it? When I say the church, I'm talking about uh, evangelical white Christians and the black folk who attend their churches. Hello, welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you chose to share with us either on YouTube, if you're viewing, or on Spotify, or uh, one of our other uh, sites uh, to be listening to us. Uh, We're grateful for the opportunity to come into your homes into your cars, wherever you're listening to us. And we always invite uh, feedback from you with regard to how we're doing. You can reach me at fredjeffsmith at gmail.com, fredjeffsmith at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to make the podcast better and more convenient for you. I'm very happy today to welcome uh, to the Thrive Podcast Mr. Brian Belzer, who is a candidate for the United States House of Representatives for District 6 uh, in the November elections. Mr. Belzer, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. Thank you very much for inviting me. Tell me about you. I know we were talking beforehand, but but uh, just to give our audience uh, an opportunity to get to know you, tell us who is Brian Belzer. I'm a small business owner. Uh, I've been in business for 28 years as a diesel mechanic. I own Capital City Truck and Trailer. Uh, it's located out of Prairieville. Yes, sir. Uh, I've had a couple of shops, but now I'm just located behind my house. Uh, I pretty much started the business out of the lint, out of the bottom of my pocket. No one, I was 23 years old whenever I started the business. No one would loan me any money at the beginning. They were saying, oh, most businesses fail within three years, mm-hmm. but I'm not the type to give up. So I kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, went from living day by day to week by week to month by month. And now I'm, you know, the business has been established. I've never advertised. Everything's been by word of mouth. And I've got some pretty decent companies around Baton Rouge that I do work for. Um, I was born in Missouri. I uh, moved down here in 83. Yes, sir. And I've uh, lived in Gonzales up until probably 91, 92, yes, and then sir. moved to Prairieville. Okay. And been in Prairieville ever since. I did do a little stint. We moved to Arizona right before 9-11. Tucson, Good place Arizona. to live. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> you go out there, and it's uh, you sit outside on the patio in the middle of the heat with the little sprayer, spray, mister spraying on you. Yes. And we're just like, oh, it feels so good out here. <laughs> Waiters come outside, could you please come inside? And we're like, why? Well, it feels great out here. You know, yeah. no humidity. You're used to South Louisiana humidity. And I'm just, uh, I'm just a common sense guy. You're typical guy, I guess you could say, your typical citizen. And I'm just... Uh, what led you to decide to run for Congress? Is this your first? This is my very okay. first time ever running for anything. Okay. Uh, I've never been involved in politics. What brought that about for you? For bringing that I ran? That, that you decided to run. I'm fed up. I'm just fed up with everything that is going on in Washington right now. Okay. And it doesn't matter what party you are. I'm fed up. Okay. Uh, it is, and if you look at some of the bills that have been passed mm-hmm. and look at some of the stuff they do, it's actually a lot easier to get stuff done than what they make it out to be. But they they want to stretch it out. They want to scare people. They want to do everything they can do to control and maintain power. And it shouldn't be that way. It should not. I mean, you and I are American citizens. We should be the ones they're looking out for, not themselves. Yes, sir. And I've seen it. It just it just over and over and over and over again. And, you know, at first, I'm like like the rest of the country really didn't worry about it. It's like, oh, all right. Well, we got this president in there. Oh, well, we got this president in there. Well, maybe somebody will do something you know, good this round. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody will do something good next round. And so we just, you know, we're like, eh, yeah, well, we got two more years and we get to vote on somebody else. You know, get somebody else in there. We got four more years, we get to vote on another president. That's the way the majority of the people look at it. 
you know, they complain to their friends, they complain to everybody, you know, around them, mm-hmm. but nobody ever does anything mm-hmm. actual doing anything. And especially the people that need to do it, which are the new, the people like you and I that are know what needs to be done for us. We've been there. We've lived that. I've been at the bottom of the barrel before. Yes, sir. Living day by day. I know what American citizens need. I yes, know sir. what people need. I know I'm, you know, more than anybody, more than the politicians that are born with a silver spoon in their mouth and all they care about is their money, how much money they're going to make in their pocket, how much money they're going to get donated to them. And that, that just, it finally just pushed me over the edge, almost sent me into a serious spiral back in 21, February of 21. And that's whenever I, I woke up about 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. walked out into the living room and just wrote down everything that I had on my mind that I was so upset about. And it's on my website. It's the first thing that you read about me, why I did everything. And I just, I just was, um, I can't say anything else, but I was just so fed up with what was going on and and the way we were getting treated. I looked at your website to get some information, some background information about you. I wanted to ask you, uh, you're you're a Republican. Yes. Do you identify yourself as a moderate Republican, as a conservative Republican? If I were to ask you to self-identify, how would you do that? I would tell everybody I'm an Abe Lincoln conservative. Okay. And I say that because they're really... Nowadays, uh, I'm conservative more than anything else, but I'm still, it's politics are fluid, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still agree with a lot of things that the Republican Party doesn't agree with, as you probably saw on my website. Mm-hmm. And, but I would say, I would say I'm more conservative than, but I consider myself, I say Abe Lincoln just because, you know, he did stuff that was right for the people, mm-hmm. period. Okay. Mr. Graves is a Republican. Yes. Uh, he's a multiple-time uh, congressman mm-hmm. from this district. If I were to ask you to distinguish your candidacy from Mr. Graves, what would you highlight as the main differences? I want term limits, first of all. Uh, every state has term limits on their house and their own Senate. It was, Congress was not meant to be a career political position. Mm -hmm. It was meant for new people to come in with newer ideas and just keep evolving and rotating out to be able to give the citizens of the state they represent and the country the best that they can get. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the biggest thing that differentiates us. He's not for term limits. I am. Uh, There are several, you know, he... There were several different groups that I feel that we need to be more involved with as uh, representatives that he does not like. Uh, Can you give me an example, please? Unions. Unions, okay. Yeah. Uh, he, he does not like unions. Unions don't like him. Uh, I know that in the past, the unions of the past, you know, the head crushers, skull beaters, mm-hmm. that's not the unions of today. Mm-hmm. The... AFL-CIO, one of my big things is trade school. Mm-hmm. I want more federal dollars to go into trade education. And one of the best apprenticeship programs in the country is are the unions. They It's free. Mm-hmm. They bring you in. They teach you. They train you. You're on the job training, and you're getting paid the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my pet peeves is the amount of money that they're spending on, I call them, nonsense college degrees mass communication or these these degrees that people just go in there and what want to get done with Mm -hmm. okay that and then they come out with 80 to 100 thousand dollars in debt they're not being all nothing is being explained to these people Mm -hmm. they're just like oh let's give you this money you need to go to college Mm -hmm. they come out they there's no work for them they have no uh nothing that they can actually use their talents on Mm -hmm. versus you get trade individuals that go into the trade plumbers Mm -hmm. uh, electricians pipe fitters welders uh, diesel mechanics auto mechanics you know you come out and you're making money right away you have something to work on to, to build 
and become better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And in the five years after college, in those five years, you know, if you're if you're in a good trade, you're making thirty thirty five dollars an hour. After five years, mm-hmm. you you're you're living life. Mm-hmm. You're enjoying life. And then you have, but there's not enough opportunities out there for these kids. They're not being they're not being told that hey. You know, this is what could happen if you if you really like working with your hands. Mm-hmm. If you know, and you still have to be smart to be an electrician. Sure. And you still, or I say smart, you still have to know the books, know the laws, know everything like that. So it's not like some. I've heard some people say, "Oh, you're a diesel mechanic." You know, what what do you know? How smart are you? I don't, I'm to LSU. Didn't like it, so left. Been I was been involved with diesel side of it while I was going to LSU. Sure. I just like working with my hands. I understand. And went in that way. And I feel that that's another part that he's really not pushing. Uh, there was something, It's it's. this is something funny. Uh, for its first eight years of his term, he had nothing for with veterans health care. Now, that's a big part of me, too. Uh, my dad, Army, both my uncles were Air Force. Yes, sir. My grandfather was in France in World War II. So veterans' health care is huge for me. Mental health is huge for me. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've seen I noticed it. that on your platform also. Yes. 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 I've, I've, I've seen it take its toll. I've had mm-hmm. friends that have committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've been down that road. I've, I've almost been there. So that was a spiral that turned me around. And, you know, God turned me around. Yes, I'll tell you that much. If it wasn't for my belief in God, I don't think I would have came out of it alive but he turned me around and now you know it's it's like nothing's being done until everyone's complaining about it you know if 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 he was worried about it he would have started on it eight years ago i had it on my platform there's two things that that was on my platform that i've had since february that all of a sudden now he's pushed and he's authored new bills and and for an example the veterans bill that he just passed Mm -hmm. went through like that it wasn't something that he started working on two years ago and it just came around it he authored it went to committee bipartisan boom done so that shows you how fast legislation can get through office sure but it it also shows you that they're not going to do it that fast they don't want to do it that fast they want to drag it out now you mentioned term limits yes you're talking about with the legislature both senate and house or just uh, house or house. what? Just house the house. Mainly, yeah. Uh, senators serve six years. Right. Uh, congressmen serve two. Right. Uh, there's not a lot of senators that go over three terms. The ones that do go over three terms that are there for a while, uh, that's something to tackle later. Right now, I want to tackle Congress. Okay. I want to get term limits for Congress. Okay. Because we make the laws. We We are the ones that spend the money, make the laws, do what needs to be done for the country. How do you feel about term limits for the Supreme Court? Recently, it was uh, offered as, uh, I, I won't call it a proposal, as an idea that perhaps Supreme Court justices should have term limits. They, they, the, the actual uh, suggestion was 18 years uh, for, for, for for United States Supreme Court justice. Uh, if if you for term limits, I'm just wondering if if that includes the uh, judicial branch as well. And and would it be just limited to the Supreme Court, or would it be federal judges also? Um, that's a I really haven't looked into that issue much, but I'm. Right now, I'm, I'm not for term limits okay. for judges. Okay. Uh, the ones that are elected, of course, they can be right. kicked out by right. election. But as far as the ones But now that are, the argument could be made that the same thing is true for congressmen, that, that, that they, they get reelected every two years. And, and so they could be kicked out every two years. But uh, I understand that there is a certain degree of power that comes with incumbency Mm -hmm. and it makes it more and more difficult for that person to uh to 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 be excused from the office but i I was just curious because i i did see the term limits uh uh, issue on there i know that you're pro second amendment Mm -hmm. uh you're 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 pro uh 
the ability to have a gun. How do you deal with, how do you balance that with the number of mass shootings that we have seen, the proliferation of gun violence that we see in our country? Uh, in the year of our Lord, 2022, does everybody still need to have a gun? And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm a pacifist. I don't believe in guns mm -hmm. of any sort. Never fired one, never want one, don't own one, don't want one around me. I understand that's my voice, my point of view, not everybody's point of view. And I'm not trying to push my point of view, but I'm just asking, as a pro-Second Amendment person, seeing what's going on in the country at this time with the proliferation of gun violence, does everybody need to have a gun? I feel anybody that wants one should be able to have a gun. I mean, it's our it, it's enshrined in the Constitution. The reason why I say that uh, is because it's kind of like, should everybody be able to drive a car? You know, cars kill people too. But as far as the Second Amendment goes... But legally to drive a car, you have to pass a test. Legally to own a gun? <laughs> Not anymore. This state legislature just passed uh, 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 an, an amendment in the most recent legislative session that said that you can carry a gun concealed, that you don't have to get trained to use it, you don't have to be certified to use it. If you can afford one and purchase one, and if you're not a felon, mm -hmm. then you can just own a gun. I like the idea that you said about driving a car, because to drive a car... You have to have a license to drive a diesel truck. You have to have a, a special license. Mm -hmm. Don't you think you, you ought to have to have a license to have to a concealed carry in Louisiana? Still, they haven't passed constitutional carry yet okay. in Louisiana. Okay. So to have a concealed carry in Louisiana, mm -hmm. you have to take an eight-hour class. Uh, you have to send your paperwork in to. Uh, the state of Louisiana, mm -hmm. who does a federal background check on you mm -hmm. to make sure that you, you're not a criminal, you have no uh, nothing that would bar you, no mental health issues that have been put in, no uh, abuse or any, any litigation against you to be able to get a concealed carry permit. So concealed carry, yes, you have to have a class. You have to have a certification. You have to be able to proficiently shoot. Uh, I've taken the class. I'm not a concealed carry carry permit holder okay. but i have taken the class just to take the class and what about open carry open carry in louisiana it's uh i i myself don't have any problem with anybody open carrying except for in the places where they're not allowed not allowed to and if there's like government buildings mm -hmm. uh anywhere where where it could be where there's alcohol served or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, all that's already set up as laws that you can't carry in any of those places. Schools, uh, I feel like this is another thing that I feel like on my uh, Facebook page. I feel like we need to do more for the schools as far as if we have to get more federal money for security, more security with armed sheriff's deputies, police officers, even if we train teachers uh i know you're smiling now but even if we train but this is thorough training this isn't you know go out and shoot a couple of rounds mm -hmm. this is putting them through a sanctioned sheriff's class state police class something that will teach them over a one-week period everything they need to know about guns gun safety firing Everything that the officers go through whenever they go to the range, and they have to be proficient after what has happened. Now, you were talking earlier about guns and mass shootings. Yes, sir. It's a mental health issue. It is. And I am very big on mental health issues that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. I feel we have enough resources in the United States to handle all the mental health issues we have. The problem is people look at it as a disease, as not a disease, but as, you know, well, I don't want to touch that. I, I don't want to deal with that. That's the way people are looking at it. Mm -hmm. The signs were there for those last three shootings. They were there and they were ignored. They can't be ignored. Mm 
we can't allow what went on with those kids to continue to go on and on the mental health side Mm -hmm. a lot of that is parents i hate to say it but a lot of it is parents a lot of it is like the sisters of them they they knew it they told somebody and nothing got done about it Mm -hmm. they could have been stopped I, i mean i feel in my heart that if we had a different approach towards mental health in this country more out there available for these kids then i think i don't think those would have happened honestly bad nigeria foundation a couple years ago uh underwrote a uh program called bridge center for hope Mm -hmm. uh, that's located on florida boulevard uh, uh, specifically designed for mental health issues Uh, it seems that their concern was not necessarily gun violence but uh, drug abuse Mm -hmm. uh, uh, pills and things of that sort but mental health is mental health Uh, i believe it has 30 to 35 bids that are available uh, in a city or a parish that has 400,000 people in it. Uh, 30 to 35 bids is a great start, but that's all it is, is a start. You're barely scratching the surface. As a United States congressman, what would you do to help facilitate more in the way of mental health facilities for our area? We have... I've been looking at the federal budget, I um, mean, intensely since I started looking into running for Congress. Mm-hmm. The There is more than enough money in every division of the federal budget to secure mental health uh, programs in the entire country. The Department of Education gets roughly 190 billion dollars a year 110 billion of that just goes towards student loans that's pretty much what what it goes towards we need to the money's already allocated every year so all we have to do is go in change it pull that money out we've already got facilities that are ready to go that are up and running Mm -hmm. take that money and divert it towards mental health in schools mental health in the communities uh take some of the veterans money the va's money they get close to 300 billion dollars a year take that money move it to strictly mental health for veterans i know they they have some it's kind of like what you're saying with the they only have 36 beds Mm -hmm. mental health in in for veterans is almost non-existent they the doctor diagnoses you they say yeah you might have mental health come see me in eight months those people that are at that point, mm-hmm. they're at that point for a reason, and they're, they're, they're they generally do themselves in mm-hmm. because they just can't handle it. Uh, I know this is a very tough topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about: separation of church and state. But I believe we should infuse more money into groups that are associated directly associated with churches that offer that Mm -hmm. can offer more than these other places Mm -hmm. that have uh mental health help they have they know the communities they know their uh district they know who needs the help but yet because of separation of church and state they're not allowed to have federal funding unless they create a totally different entity that has nothing to do with their church mm-hmm. and to help with mental health issues. Yeah, faith-based initiatives that right. uh, became famous under President George, the second George Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so you you would advocate going, returning back to that yes. with the intention being to address mental health issues. Mental health. And every department in the federal government Mm-hmm. has excess money. Mm-hmm. They, they they blow money. Everybody knows it. They, they blow it so they can make sure they have the same budget or more for the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a balanced budget, you know, that that should be a priority for the federal government. But, mm-hmm. you know, they just want to blow money. Uh, but that would help in every department, you know. 
now, every part of the country. As I read, you, you, you are pro-small government. Yes. So how do you reconcile being pro-small government with this shift in funding towards uh, mental health issues, with the continuing concerns that we as a nation have I might not agree with it all, but we have serious concerns about national defense and mm -hmm. uh, spending money, sending the military hither and yon to and fro to fight in wars. Uh, where where does the government shrink when, when, when we're simply shifting dollars from one area to another? Well, I don't want to just shift dollars. I want to I want to get rid of the power that these uh that the big government that the federal government has over the states and what they know they need versus you know right now the federal government wants it one one bill for all mm -hmm. and everyone knows it's not that way mm -hmm. in every department of everything you know the south has it's totally different louisiana is totally different than michigan yes than California, than New York, than Florida. You know, every state has different problems that need to be addressed. And the federal government cannot come in with a one-fits-all bill. And whenever I say shrink big government, I mean get rid of federal, uh, I guess you could say, oh, I can't think of a word, but let the states decide more for themselves and let the communities you know give the money but make sure you know, you're it's accountable mm -hmm. and leave it at that if you you know everyone's going to make mistakes and everyone's going to mess up you know it's just the air is human but if a state decides to abuse those funds then you just quit giving it to them are you a state's rights guy i am okay Let's talk about states' rights yes. for, for, for just a minute. And, and understand, I'm an African-American. Yes. I got a problem with states' rights based upon the history of how states have utilized those rights to the neglect of African-American people. I'm speaking specifically with regard to voting rights. Uh, were it not for the Voting Rights Act, uh, a lot of my ancestors would not have been given the right to vote, mm -hmm. would, would not have had the right to vote secured and guaranteed. Mm -hmm. It was not until 1965 that uh, those rights were guaranteed, and it was the federal government that made that possible. So as a black man, when I hear advocacy for states' rights, what goes off in my head, what, what, what sends off antennas in, in, in my head is you're trying to deprive that which the federal government has guaranteed for me because my state, and I'm a native Louisiana, mm -hmm. born, raised, love it, going to die here, don't want to live anyplace else. But my state didn't give me that right. The federal government secured it. So you're a conservative Lincoln conservative Republican running for Congress and you're sitting here with a black pastor uh, on a black podcast talking primarily to black people. Mm -hmm. Tell me how black people should respond to the whole idea of states' rights. Uh, first, I feel the federal government should be an overseer of the states. Mm -hmm. Okay, And whenever the states step out of line, yes. They need then the federal government needs to step in on on that level. I will agree with that 100 percent, which is what happened with the federal, all the federal uh, laws and amendments and everything that guaranteed rights to everybody. Uh, as far as any community, and like we're talking about the black community mm -hmm. right now, as far as any community goes, I feel if there is an issue that is trampled on by the states, then the federal government needs to get involved. It needs to get involved because it's probably not just happening in that one state. It's probably happening in multiple states. Mm -hmm. But then the oversee part of the federal government needs to step in and say, hey, you can't do this. 
okay? Which I know you're not a Second Amendment proponent, but the same thing's going on in different states with the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court came in and said, no, you can't do that. You have to allow these people to have guns. Mm -hmm. Well, they did the same thing with voting rights. The federal government came in and said, no, you can't do that. A citizen is a citizen. You know, I don't, I don't look at people in color, in race, in gender, in anything. You know, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. Nothing will change that. And you should not change who you are, mm-hmm. period. That's, that's how you were born. That's how you were raised. That's how you grew up. So the black community has a different outlook on everything versus just, say, the white community. We'll just differentiate it there. Uh, but as far as if anything that affects the black community wrongly and in a state, in a area, doesn't matter what it is, mm-hmm. then yes, the federal government should get involved because that's a citizens, that, that's a national problem that's not just happening there. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever the federal government as an overseer of the states steps in and says, you can't do this period and then that's whenever we make laws to stop it from happening the voting rights act was significantly reduced a few years ago by the supreme court uh, when they changed section five of the voting rights act which mandated that states with historic with histories of discrimination Mm -hmm. and abuse in voting uh, no longer had to uh, have preclearance of their voting uh, procedures by the federal government, which which is a safeguard, which is what you were talking about. So would you be in favor of reinstating that safeguard should you become a part of the United States Congress? I I am in favor of completely revamping the entire way that we vote in this country to include more of what needs to be included for everyone, period. Uh, And yes, I I would be in agreement with with including safeguards for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still, I didn't realize just how bad the uh, illiteracy problem was in in the country Mm -hmm. or the literacy problem in the country until I started doing more research into it. And then it's like, wow, you know, there's, there's still so many people out there that can't even read and write Mm -hmm. that they should be, that should be part of the entire package of complete, uh, a voting package of complete, I guess, safeguards and circumstances where people need help whenever they vote people uh of any race any color and you're a states rights guy uh, would you be open to the idea of compromise when it comes to voting rights uh, i'm I'm, sti- I'm sticking with vo- with voting rights right. there are state elections there are parish elections mm-hmm. there are local elections and then there are national elections would you be open to the idea that when it comes to national elections, Congress, Senate, mm-hmm. uh, that the federal government could mandate how the voting procedure should take place and leave it to the states to manage voting for local or statewide elections that do not have an effect on the federal government. And and I'm not saying that I'm in favor of that. I'm just offering that as one of the proposals that I have heard brought about. And I was just curious what your thoughts were on That's that. That's already going on. Okay. The state of California allows immigrants to vote because they're part of that community. So even if you're illegal, as long as you go, if you have a residence, you're allowed to vote in the state of California right now in your in your local elections okay. only. So that's already going on. The as far as federal elections, mm-hmm. yes, I think the states. I'm 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 willing to compromise on everything out there, everything that affects Louisiana, and everything that affects American citizens. You know, California does that because they feel that 
these people are part of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're there to stay. All these immigrants that have come into the United States, they're mm-hmm. here to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel that, yes, the federal voting should be, whenever you vote on federal issues, mm-hmm. that should be a totally, I think the federal government should take over and put in place something that's over the whole United Across States. Across the board. Yeah. Across the board. Done. Finished. State elections, then, hey, each and every state will decide what they do. Which is pretty much what, what, what goes on. Right. But it, it also goes on for federal elections. States get to decide how I vote for for you. Yeah. By the way, if you win, you would be my representative uh, where I live. It, well, that's it, good it, to know. It's in that district. So that's why I was especially happy to have you uh, come on uh, today. Mr. Graves hasn't agreed to come on yet. Isn't that interesting? Uh, but uh, <laughs> you will be receiving phone <laughs> But uh, uh, I'm 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 concerned about voting rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone is b- b- because uh, there th- there is a history of voter suppression that is discriminatory towards my people, yes, my ancestors, and 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 I have two sons. 27 and 25 and I don't want anyone to abridge or deny them the right to vote so we need to learn from our history and never do it again and right now that's another reason why I want to get in Congress because we have not learned from our history Mm -hmm. you know that as well as I have there's stuff going on right now that should never that has gone on before that Mm -hmm. should never have gone on that should never be going on again Mm -hmm. period I'm, uh, I'm from, you know, one of the big things I am, I'm for putting more money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's not happening. Let me switch gears. Uh, let's talk about education. Okay. One of the things that I saw when I, I reviewed your page was uh, you had a concern about critical race theory uh, being taught uh, in schools. Do you know of an instance where critical race theory is currently being taught in public schools? Or in, because, because because I'm not aware. Yeah, in of the state one. of California, it is in uh, in several places. And uh, do you know of one in Louisiana? I do not know of one in Louisiana. Okay, but there are several other states that I know of where they in have public been, schools, in public schools, and private. Okay. But private schools are, you know. If they receive state funding or government funding, then yes, they should uh, adhere to all the same rules. What's your understanding of critical race theory? From, from you know, honestly, my understanding is that it says that all white people are prejudiced. Uh, just from the context that they send out to us and from what other people including the black community are saying that's critical race theory to me. I mean, it shouldn't even be an issue. Honestly, you're a human being. I'm a human being. We're yes. both citizens. It should not be an issue. People are making issues out of stuff that should not even be there. Should we not teach what happened? Yes. We okay. should teach everything. So, we should so, teach so, from the So if point. we teach, if we teach what happened, mm-hmm. then we have to deal with issues of slavery Mm-hmm. We have to deal with issues of Jim Crow. Yes. We have to deal with issues of systemic racism without me going through a long litany of things. Yes. We have to deal with the realities of systemic racism. History. And we have to deal with the fact that systemic racism has a direct impact on the current status of people today, economically socially, psychologically, you were talking about mental health, mm-hmm. that, that systemic racism has a direct impact on all of those things. Yes. I'm, I, I don't agree with you that critical race theory is being taught in any public school anywhere. I'm not aware of that. I'm going to go back and check on California. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's not being taught in Louisiana. Right. But I'm a proponent of teaching the truth. Yes. And I have concerns about those who would cover up the truth simply because the truth is uncomfortable for one or two people. I am not suggesting that 
people should be made to feel shamed because mm-hmm. of their past. But I do think people need to be knowledgeable yes. of their past. Yes. Now, that, and, 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 and that is true of African-Americans. That is true of Caucasians. That is true of Asians. That is true mm-hmm. of Latins. That is true of every racial group. That is true of every ethnic group. That is true of every geographic group. That is true whether you're urban or rural. I, I just believe that the truth should be taught and not suppressed. And when you start suppressing the truth, there are problems that result from that. Yes. So, so based on, on, on that soliloquy, and I know I, I talked long, uh, how would you respond to that? Because critical race theory is, is, is a theory that evolved in higher education and law schools, not in public schools. And I fear that some people have grabbed hold of the, of, of the term critical race theory and applied it to everything where they don't like what is being taught. And it is frightening to see in the year 2022 people talking about suppressing things and taking things out of books and 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 uh, Governor DeSantis is deciding which books are going to be allowed to be uh, taught from in schools in Florida not educators but mm-hmm. the, but, but 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 the governor I mean you 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 you're a small government guy mm-hmm. well should not education be left to 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 the hands of educators and if you don't like the educators that you have, you can certainly go out and get other educators. But it's the whole idea of suppressing truth is troublesome for me. It's it's very troublesome for me too. Uh, you know, my daughter, we uh, we were able to send send her through Dunham, so we pulled her out of public education in mm-hmm. third grade homeschooled her for a while mm-hmm. and then sent her to Dunham, which is the best thing we ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were things that they were teaching history wise, which same thing slave, they were teaching about slavery. They were teaching about world war two, about all the wrongs that have been done in the world. Mm-hmm. They teach that mm-hmm. because our history is a precursor to our future. Mm-hmm. If we don't learn from our history, our future is going to be horrible. I feel, I, whenever I went to high school at East Ascension, we learned about slavery. We learned about all the Jim Crow laws. We learned about everything. We learned about voter suppression, Martin Luther King. All that was taught to us in American history from the beginning to the end. Okay. So now I'm hearing that it's not being taught. But we also need to teach that that needs to be taught, but we also need to teach world in world history. You know what the Japanese did to the Chinese, mm-hmm. what the you know what happened with uh, Hitler and Russia and everything in Europe about uh, the oppression they had over there. I would be absolutely in favor of all of that. Yes, mm-hmm. because that shows you know white slavery mm-hmm. same thing as black slavery as mm-hmm. uh, black slavery as oriental slavery oppression oppression of is any oppression. sort yes is wrong period and and i think that we can agree on that yes my concern is when groups of people and i'm not including you in the group but i i saw that you mentioned critical race theory so i wanted to ask you about it yes my concern is are we going to label something CRT and, and, and say that because uh, this teaches a certain thing that we're not going to, to deal with the truth of what happened? Again, yes. understanding that what critical race theory really says is that systemic racism has a direct impact on American culture and society today. And I don't think anybody, any fair-minded person, shouldn't say anybody because you don't know what people think today. Uh, I don't think any fair-minded person would object to that, that that systemic racism has a direct bearing on the status of American society today. It does. What bothers me is labeling people as racist just because of a color. 
That's what bothers me. I'm not racist. I love everybody. I, 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 don't, I don't sense from you that you're a racist, but I do sense that racism is a real thing. It is. And to, to act like racism does not exist. It, it does, to, and, it, and it exists. To say, I'm, I'm not a thin person. Yes. Okay? So to say that because I'm not thin, thinness doesn't exist, that, 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 that just doesn't compute for mm-hmm. me. I can accept the fact you're not a racist person, but that certainly does not mean that racism does not exist. And I want my, now my, I have a great nephew. My sister has a grandchild. I want my great nephew to know the truth. And, 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 and from a biblical standpoint, the truth shall make you free. free. The truth gives you options. The truth gives you knowledge. The truth equips you. The truth emboldens you. And so I get troubled when I see people trying to suppress truth, not manufacture uh, uh, hatreds and, 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 and dissensions, just tell what happened. And if it's what happened, then it's what happened. And that's, I have no, I've always been in favor of all history being taught, period. Uh, And my biggest problem, like I say, with uh, CRT that I researched was that it basically said that all white people are racist, which we are not. Can I encourage you to go back and do some more? Yes, I will after this. Whenever I, if if I am told something that is wrong, Mm -hmm. or if I look at something that is wrong myself, I will go back and research it myself. I I just did it the other night. Somebody uh, said some things about the oil industry and stuff Mm -hmm. that I didn't feel was true, and they were wrong. I researched it myself and figured it out, you know, and knew that I was wrong too, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I researched it all out. But as far as that's the that's the only thing. Let's not say all right. Let's not let's take CRT out. I do not want children indoctrinated in any way, shape, or form. When our children, I I, I do not feel anything sexual, anything racist, anything that has anything to do with indoctrinating our children one way or the other mm-hmm. should happen in education, period. Okay. Right. Period. They, they, they should not be learning. You as a parent should be the one to teach your kid about sexuality, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. whatever they, any of that. Mm-hmm. I don't feel anyone should teach my daughter anything that I don't want her to know. I understand. Period. I understand. And in the, in the sense of education goes as far as oppression and uh, racism and all that stuff, that should be taught, period. Everyone needs to know what happened so we don't repeat the same problems in the, in the future. Everyone should be taught that, whether it's private school, whether it's public school, whether it's homeschooling. All of that needs to be taught strictly for the point of it never happening again and realizing how wrong everyone was that that did that and that it happened to. Okay. Uh, today, I feel like I felt like it was getting a little bit better, and then now I feel it's starting to get worse again. That the lies, the fear mongering, the stuff that is going on on in news in papers uh everywhere that's trying i feel like that the country is trying to divide itself again right now i would agree with that and i am there is a political there is a political tribalism yes that is taking place in in this country uh and uh, i fear what that bodes for the future uh i do think that there is potential for healing but there's also potential for a terrible rift yes. on the same order as the Civil War uh, in, in, in this country. And so I, I share that concern. But I don't believe that the solution to that is covering up the truth. I think 
just the opposite is true. Let's tell the story. Let's tell yes. the whole story. Exactly. And then let's deal with what comes from the whole story being told. Let me ask you just a couple more questions. Now, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate your candor yes, and your honesty. Uh, you mentioned education. Do you think that teachers should be certified to teach? One of the problems I have with private schools is that many private schools have teachers that aren't certified, uh, don't know the character or the caliber of instruction that they give. Mm -hmm. I just know that public school teachers in East Baton Rouge Parish mm -hmm. have to be certified. That's not true for private schools, not for all private schools. Right. So. What's your feeling about certification of, of, of teachers, classroom instructors? Uh, I feel everybody should be certified, period. Okay. Uh, I feel like if you're going to teach my child, then you should at least have someone tell me via certification that you are capable of teaching my child correctly okay. and rightly. Uh, I know at Dunham, the majority of the teachers at Dunham were are certified teachers that came from the public school system into the private sector. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about, like you say, I'm not sure about many of the other private schools no. around the country. One of my concerns about some of the charter schools uh, is that charter schools don't necessarily require certified mm -hmm. teachers. Uh, but if, if, if we're going to spend public dollars in public charters, I would think that the instructors should be certified. Uh, so that, that, that's part of the reason why I asked mm -hmm. the question, uh, because I know that it's not an across the board thing. And while I do recognize that parents have the right to choose where they send their children to school, I think that there needs to be some degree of uniformity with regard to certification of classroom instruction. Uh, with regard to local issues, mm -hmm. Mr. Graves makes a lot about uh, uh, water mitigation. Do you share his concern about water mitigation? I do. Okay. And I feel that it's, it's taking way too long. I mean, we'll give you, I'll give you two examples. We have the Comey diversion. Mm -hmm. It started, in, it was put on paper in 1986. Mm -hmm. It was fully funded in 1999. From 91 until 99, they fought about who was going to pay for it. You know, it's nine years they fought about it. Mm -hmm. it got fully funded in 99 at 99's pricing to the tune of $189 million. They didn't do anything. They didn't buy. By 2008, only 20% of the right-of-way was bought up because they were still arguing about how they should pay for it and who should pay for it. Instead of just, you know, they had the plan. They had everything in place. Okay, once the federal dollars are guaranteed, which they were, it was fully funded in 1999. Mm -hmm. Construction should have started in 2000. The state of Louisiana passed a three-mill tax mm -hmm. for all the residents that were going to be affected by the co-meat diversion mm -hmm. for 10 years. Why, why was nothing done? And, well, I mean, everyone knows why, but it, it that should not happen. I mean, we all know that laws can be passed quick. It goes, it comes up, it's, it's authored, it goes to committee, it comes back on the floor for a vote, it goes to the Senate, it goes back to the House, done. It goes to the president, president signs it. Same thing with uh, appropriations. It goes to the committee, committee approves it, comes back out, it's voted on, it's appropriated, done. And then it just sits somewhere. Mm -hmm. And now we're up at it. We're, we're at half a billion dollars. And it's not going to get finished until 2025. What about traffic? Traffic, same thing. The, the new Mississippi River new Bridge Mississippi River is 58 Bridge. years old. Yes. <laughs> I'm 61. Almost yes. 61. Uh, so it's, it's laughable to me that I still call it the new, new Mississippi, Mississippi River, River Bridge. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's another simple, so it's a solution that is so simple, but it's so complicated because the cookie jar isn't large enough for everybody to put their hands in is the problem. It's 
the best solution are not made by legislatures. The best solutions are made by the public as to routes, as to they know the traffic in their areas. You know, myself, I know the traffic because I work in it every single day as, a, as an on-site diesel mechanic. So I'm traveling all over Baton Rouge every single day. Mm-hmm. And the plans, the, one of the plans didn't cut through enough political territory to give enough politicians' friends money to be adopted. And that's, that's, what, that's something that really irks me in Congress. It's all about money. It's not about the public. It's about money. I, I want to stop that. I, I would love to pass a bill to, for all legislatures not to be able to buy stocks. Mm-hmm. Because, that, I mean, everyone knows it's insider trading. They, they know stuff long before anyone else does. And they make, they make $172,000 a year. And in two years, they're millionaires. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not for that. Uh, I make more money in my business than I'm going to make if I go to Congress. But I want to go to Congress because I want to fix this stuff. I want to stop all this traffic. The bridge. It's, it's easy. You look at a map. You look at where it needs to go. The easiest way. You take Highway 30. is already there. You widen Highway 30, four lanes all the way to uh, I-10. You cut across. You, you take get off at the exit at the Highway 415 exit. You cut across. You build one bridge, a new bridge at the uh, intercoastal right there. So there, and while that's going on, there's no traffic being diverted. There's no traffic, nothing going on. The whole entire road up to Highway 30, you start on River Road. As soon as you jump over River Road, right. we have right away on River Road that we can build four lanes down River Road to a certain point, and then you cut across pasture land. And swamp to get to 30, meet it all up somewhere around a casino, cross the railroad tracks, build an overpass over the railroad tracks, cross the railroad tracks, you get on 30 or 4 lane, there's your uh, diversion. It's, it's, it's just that simple. I like that idea. But it doesn't pad the pockets of enough people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, getting into politics now, the stuff I hear... You know, I was living in New Orleans when they built the twin span uh, to the the Crescent City. Well, that's when they renamed it the Crescent City Connection. There was one bridge, and and they just built a second one. And for the life of me, I don't understand why you could build two bridges next to each other in New Orleans, but you can't build two bridges next to each other in Baton Rouge. If you just had two bridges, one with traffic going one way and one with Uh traffic going the other, it seems to me like that would solve the problem but it does not seem to meet the needs well the the desires of those who are currently in charge so i like the whole idea of 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 what you're saying and i'd like to see another bridge before i die (laughs) but it's it's looking less and less like that's going to believe me if it if i get in office i will be pushing hard for it and it's not going to be a 27 year thing like the audubon bridge yeah it's going to be fast. It's going to be quick. Once the money's appropriated, it needs to go. Period. It doesn't take long to get uh, all the uh, quotes in. Get all the amount of money it's going to take. All that—that's already done. These these companies that build bridges, they know down to the dime what it's going to cost mm-hmm. to build a bridge. Mm-hmm. They know the Corps can come in there and have a complete inspection done. Corps of Engineers in less than a month, month and a half. If they really wanted to, they could have everything done, all the impact studies, everything done in in very little time, but they don't want to. Yeah. And that's what irks me because all they are worried about is stretching it out because, oh, well, if we do this study, give it to my brother-in-law, then he'll make $2 million. Well, if nobody likes it, well, then my buddy's brother-in-law can do another study in two years from now. And then, oh, well, if people don't like that, well, that's fine. You know, they probably won't like it. Well, then, you know, my other buddy over here, he's got a cousin that does surveys and this, that, and another. So there's just too many hands in a cookie jar, and the cookie jar is not big enough. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be straightforward. You know, and you should give Louisiana contractors first right, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. You should give – it should be split up on federal dollars. Whenever you're doing federal dollars, I I feel you should split it up. You shouldn't – be allowed to have, you know, 
one company reap all the benefits, period. You know, one company does the bridge. One company does the road. Another company does the surveying. Mm -hmm. All give 10% advantage to South Louisiana companies first, period. Let's, let's, you know, it's for South Louisiana. Sure. Money needs to stay in South Louisiana, as far as I'm concerned. I understand. Split it up. You know, you were talking about minorities. I'm talking about, you know, unions and all that. Split it up and say, okay, we're going to give X amount of percentage to minorities. We're going to give X amount of percentage to unions. Mm -hmm. We're going to give X amount of percentage to uh, whoever else. But, you know, I feel like that's not being done. And so you have, on this job, you have all these people out. And then on this job, you have some of these in, but then all these other people are out. Mm -hmm. And granted, you know, we're a capitalist society, but whenever it comes to federal money and and the state of Louisiana, I feel like everybody needs to be involved. Everybody should be involved for what's going on for the people of Louisiana. Yes, sir. Period. Let me ask you two more questions and we're done. Yes. Um, You mentioned earlier your faith. Yes. Uh, as being pivotal in helping you through some difficult personal issues. Uh, tell me about, th- this is a church podcast, yes. and, and, and I'm dealing with church people primarily. Tell me from your heart what your faith means to you. God is right here for me. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, I was born and raised in the Church of Christ. Whenever I got married, my wife was, uh, uh, I don't remember what she was. I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. So, <laughs> but, so we got together and we decided to find our own church, mm-hmm. find someplace we liked. Uh, we ended up at Estruma Baptist. Okay. Uh, we had been going there for a while. My daughter started going there first, and she loved it. So then we started going there, and we loved it until the pandemic and the government comes in and says, you can't go to church. Mm-hmm. That, that killed a lot of people's faith. Mm-hmm. It almost killed mine. Uh, but I've, I've got a deep-rooted faith. I believe God is supreme, period. If I have faith in God, then everything can be accomplished, everything. I uh, I feel like God is has people have let God get out of their lives. This country has let God get out of this country. I know where the church and state where that came from and why it came about. Mm-hmm. In some instances, I don't agree with it at all. Uh, but you know, like God says, you love everybody, and I cannot really hate anybody that's what helps me out it took me 49 years to figure all this out unfortunately but you know god will tell you what you need to know when you need to know it yes sir i think that's why i have one daughter because he knew that i would not be able to handle more than one job <laughs> uh, i understand but as far as faith i'm uh i, I like i say i i'm very faithful to God. I will not do anything to hurt him. And I am probably one of the worst Christians out there. I, I, I do stuff every day that I just, at night I look at myself and I, I, I think, oh man, I, just, I shouldn't have done that. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'll be the first one to admit it. You know, uh, I think faith has gotten me where I'm at. And whenever it comes to people in general, it doesn't matter, you know, everything that's going on in society right now. You've got the transgendered people. You've got gays and lesbians. You've got, uh, I guess they're called the Southern Boys. And then you've got, you know, you've got BLM. You've got, you've got both sides of it. Mm-hmm. All we can do as people, as God's people, is try to communicate to them. But... And in the end, there's only going to be one judge. And that's, you know, that's how I feel about everybody. I'm not going to dislike anybody. If you want to be who you want to be, be that person. Just know that in the end, there's going to be one judge. 
period. Last question. It's really not a question. It's, it's an opportunity for you. Look right in that camera and tell those who are viewing why they should vote for Brian Belzer. <sighs> I've been there. I've done that. I've, uh, I've lived in poverty. I was born and raised on a farm. Didn't Back then, I didn't really understand what it was to be poor because that's just, I was poor. I've been at the bottom of my business where I didn't know whether I could make it day by day. I struggled through a lot. I've built my life in Christ, and I've built my life with my wife and family and with our family. I'm not rich by no means, except for in the fact that my I'm rich in love. My family loves me. I love my family. I love everybody. Uh, hopefully God loves me. Uh, I know he does, but I know I upset him a, a lot. But I'm a common sense guy that wants common sense solutions. I don't agree with padding the pockets. I don't agree with anything that involves cutting people out. Uh, you know, if you're the best person for the job or the best person to do something, then I feel you should be that person. I feel like the American citizens have been put down for so long that we need a change. I want to be that change. I'm, I want to get into Congress. I want to get in there and make it right for the American people and the people of Louisiana. My ideas are not liked by both parties. Some of them are liked by both parties, but party affiliation really doesn't mean anything to me. I'm a Republican, but I want what's right for the people, period. And I feel if I can get in there and other people like myself can see that, hey, it doesn't take a multi-billionaire to get into Congress. It takes somebody that really wants to do right. Then I feel that there are other people that are going to follow me and follow my steps into getting into Congress to helping. My first objective is the state of Louisiana, the citizens of the state of Louisiana, helping them, getting them back on track if they're off track, getting Louisiana back on track, and then getting the federal government back on track to help the rest of the nation. In a nutshell, that's me. Uh, common sense guy for common sense solutions for common sense legislation. Thank you so very much for spending some time with us today, Mr. Bells. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank I've you. I've enjoyed for the conversation. Me. Yes. Thank you all for viewing. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next time.